Welcome to Mule Mountain Messages, sermons from the pulpit of the Community Church of Warren in historic Bisbee, Arizona, 201 Arizona Street. Today we're blessed to have Pastor Hank Gorton share with us about Esau. Our services are Sunday mornings at 1030 and prayer on Wednesdays at 530. If you're searching for a church home, we want to invite you to come and join our family as we worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, all right. So we have been studying Genesis, and we have been in Genesis for probably, I don't know, seems like about 75, 80 years now, but uh, we've, we, we've been in there for a while. But it's a great book, and we're in the area with uh, Jacob and Esau and uh, Isaac and Rebecca and all those. And Hank came up to me one time, and Hank said, you know, I really like Esau. And I'm like, well, you don't hear that every day. And so we kind of got to talking, and and really what I did was um, I asked Hank if he would come up and share with us this morning uh, why he likes Esau, okay? And so um, uh, we all know Hank. I don't have to introduce him. Well, you may, you all may not have known that that Hank was a pastor for 15 to 20 years up in St. David at St. David Calvary, and so we're blessed to have him. So come on up, brother, and and share with us. Jim had to have a step here because all of a sudden he raises up and he's bigger up here than he is down there. So lift it just a little bit. You're all good to go. Okay, can you hear me? Uh, this is a real privilege for me. Uh, I got to speak in this church about a year ago. John Camiano, a friend of mine, and his boy Stephen, we had a service here for them, and I think they gave some of us COVID that day. And uh, uh, I just want to, like I said, I want to thank you for this privilege, because it really is a privilege for me to speak in this church. We came back here never expecting probably to ever be in the community church in Warren. I went here as a, as a Boy Scout a little bit, and, uh, but when I was a boy and along Arizona Street, this Arizona Street right out here, I was born and raised in Bisbee in the old hospital. I left here when I was about 18, 19 years old, gone several years. But at one time, and I'm not, I don't, I don't want to be judging up, but one time, if you want to know Jesus, you couldn't find him in this church. And you couldn't find him in the Methodist church over there either. Not if you wanted to come in and hear a message about how to become a Christian and go to heaven. You couldn't find it in these two churches. And I, I think you have to say these are the main churches in Warren because the churches had left the Bible. They quit talking about Jesus. And, and I thank the Lord. I want, to, I want to put in just a little bit of, of a plug here. 
I thank the Lord for Sam Sorich. Because when I came back here, I mean, I grew up in Bisbee, and, you know, Ted Sorich was a legend here. He was the football player. And, you know, uh, we went to football games. I don't like football anymore, but back then I did. And, you know, when I came back and Sam was in charge of the, 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 some of the properties for Phelps Dodge, you know, and I got a letter from Sam one day, and I didn't like the letter, and so I just decided, well, he's, you know, and then I found out Sam was going to the community church and the uh, Serbian church, you know. And then as I got to know Sam, and I really got to know him not very well, but later in his life, and I found out that Sam had asked Christ to come into his life as a result of a Billy Graham crusade. Man, I just, I don't like hugging people. Ah, but I want to hug Sam Sorich, you know. <laughs> And uh, I still don't like to hug. I don't, I'm not much of a hugger, you know. I've been told I'm cold, and I know that. Susie knows that. But I want to thank the Lord so much for this church and uh, for the sign out front that says that you're here to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's time we started contending and quit laying down and letting the devil have our churches. Now, having said that, I want to, I want to ask you who your favorite Bible character was. And I'd like you to speak up. You can stand up if you want to. Who's your favorite Bible character? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. Well, I should have known that. He's a good one, isn't he? Who else? Oh, Peter. Huh? Peter. Peter. All right. We're in the New Testament, was about one or two more New Testaments. King David. Huh? King David. Okay, you went back in the Old Testament. That's where we're going, so that's all right. Jesus. Who else? Jesus. Jesus. Susie, she knows the A answer. I told her what. <laughs> Who else? Moses. Say again. Moses. Moses. Yeah, Moses. Grace came by Moses, but truth got the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, right? So, uh, my favorite. Who's who's your favorite? Job. Job. All right. Yeah. I mean, there was only one Job, wasn't there? And I mean that guy. And he never quit. He never gave up. And he said some of the most fantastic things that man has ever uttered. He said, that, he said, oh, that my words are written in stone. I know that my Redeemer lives, and someday I'll see him face to face. My favorite Bible character, one more Old Testament. Beside Moses and Job. Who? Hand me that, Beth. Ruth. Ruth, all right. I knew somebody speak up for the ladies. Does anybody know who Caleb is? Uh, Caleb is my favorite Bible character. Uh, and of course, but one of my real favorites, and I can't rank him maybe in the top five, but one of my real favorites is Esau. And when Jim asked me if I'd share with you about Esau, I thought, hmm, that's a mistake. Because I have a mental block, and I, I, this is kind of a disclaimer, as I'm sharing with you today about Esau, I, I know I'm going to make some mistakes. I've always had a mental block between Isaac and Ishmael and Jacob and Esau, and who, you know, remember the old country western song, I'm my own grandpa? Anybody old enough remember that one? You know? You're trying to keep genealogy straight, you know, and you go back. How, how, how long ago did Jacob and Esau and Isaac and... Ishmael, how, how long ago was that? 
A long time, right? More than a thousand years? More than a th more than two thousand years? More than two We don't know exactly for sure, but it's in the thousands. And uh, we know, you know, Moses about a thousand BC and Abraham was fifteen hundred, two thousand. So we're talking about way back in time. And when you talk about way back in time, it's always like, you know, I believe the Bible, word for word, from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, 22, 22, or 22, 20. But, you know, there's always some, some things, you know, the whole the evolution thing about the world being millions and billions and trillions and years old. Uh, don't buy that. But I do know that we can trust God's word. It says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. And it says it three times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then in John, it says, in the beginning was a word. The word was with God, and the word was God. So we're going to talk a little bit about We're going to talk about Esau. Esau, okay. And see, I'm already getting, I'm already getting. Okay. Susie told me, she said, Hank, 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 listen to me. She said, E, I before E, except after C. She's an old English teacher, see. So don't get Ishmael and Esau all mixed up here. And I want to share this with you, you know. You're, you're obligated as a believer. If you believe God's word, you're obligated to listen to the word. And if a preacher gets up and says something wrong, you don't be afraid to call him on the spot. You know, this, when a person gets up and sharing from God's word, it's holy ground. I know a preacher takes off his shoes before he comes to the pulpit. And he don't wear socks either. That's what's strange. Esau, if any man ever should have just quit and went into obscurity, it should have been Esau. The title of the message this morning, I better get my notes up before I go off too far. It's called Esau. It's all about Genesis 3.15. In John 3.16. I lost my notes. We're in trouble, folks. Let's read Genesis 3.15 for just a second. We already read it once, but let's read it one more time. This is the first promise in the Bible that God is going to save us, send a Savior to save us from our sins. Way back in Adam and Eve's time, Genesis 3.15, the Lord said, verse 14, For the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle. Every beast upon your belly you will go. Dust shall thou eat the days of life. And I will put enmity, that's hate, I will put enmity and war between you and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, I just want to say this, because... We're going to have communion. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Try. I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed to share with you what I want to share with you. But to be truthful with you, uh, Esau is always thought of in a negative way, right? I mean, you know, he don't. You know, if we put hats on the Bible characters, Jacob wore a white hat and Esau wore a black hat. Right? 
Isaac wore a white hat, and Ishmael wore a black hat. And we always have the opinion, you know, we know all about what's going on in the Middle East now, right? And those nations, those nations that are giving us such a bad time, those Arab nations, and the Middle East, those people, they didn't come from Isaac and, and uh, Jacob. They came from Esau and Ishmael. And you know, it's like uh, some people have the attitude, well, kill them all, let God sort them out. That's not Christian, folks. That's not Christian at all. But sometimes in our country with all the atrocities that have gone on, you know, we, some of us hardheads kind of take that attitude. You know, that's not, that's not the Lord Jesus speaking. We think, think about that all. I just want to say this. Esau, if any man ever got the dirty end of the stick, and kind of, you know, you look back to uh, Esau. Could, you know, it's all about Genesis 3.14. Esau didn't make good choices. He gave away what was his birthright, and he gave away or traded off, traded off his birthright, and then he got cheated out of what they call a blessing. And we don't fully understand what that was all about. But basically, Esau was eliminated from God's line and God's lineage and from where Jesus Christ would come from. So he's not part of Israel. He's not part of... of of the lineage of the son of David, the son of Abraham. Uh, Esau is kind of an outsider. And you know, well, look, this is a neat church. Don't you, don't you agree? I mean, you can't walk in any church in Bisbee and be more impressed by that. Anyway, I can't. But than, than, than this edifice or this building, right? It's a great place. It's a wonderful place. But unless Jesus is here, it's no better than an old raggedy tent, you know, with nothing in it. Esau, by allowing Jacob to cheat him out of his birthright, you, you, you know the story, does everybody, and I mean, you don't, you don't necessarily want to volunteer ignorance, right? But, you know, if you don't know the story, I'd encourage you to read the middle part of Genesis. I think there's 50 chapters in Genesis. Read the middle part there, and there's a story of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, primarily. Of course, you know, uh, what a heritage. I, I've enjoyed visiting with some of you folks. Some of you folks are a little older like I am, and we like to talk about the old times, the good old times, and you know. Uh, Esau came along at a time, I mean, it was like, like when you came to Bisbee in the, in, the, in the roaring 20s and 30s and 40s and there was jobs and people needed to work. You know, Esau, at the time, he was like, what an opportunity he had to be in the lineage of Jesus. And what did he do? He gave it away. He sold it out. Man, what? Did you ever make a mistake? Huh? We all have, haven't we? Esau had an uncle named Ishmael, right? And like I say, this, we're not going to get this done because we just don't have time. But he had, a, he had an uncle named Ishmael. He, I know, it doesn't say it exactly, but it's there. He loved his uncle Ishmael. Esau did. You know why? Because Esau and, he, and Ishmael were both hunters. They were those wild kids, you know, when mom was trying to keep track of them. They were off in the hills somewhere doing something. But they had, you know, both, you have to, both uh, 
Rebecca and help me, Susie, and Rachel, they had these other wonderful boys, you know, that would stay home and be good and do what they were told and clean their fingernails and comb their hair. Not Esau and Ishmael. They were out in the woods. They were after it. I really identify with those two boys. And I mean, you know, I don't know if you've ever, you know, been out and got out and went hunting. I used to get up before school and hunt right back up here behind the old high school where it's at now. You know, I'd get up before school, go hunting, and sometimes even kill something and bring it back. And my neighbor, Fowler Beach, he'd clean it for me so I'd go to school and not get in trouble. Ishmael and Esau were men's men. Now, I'm, I'm kind of impressed. I can't, I mean, I have to say kind because I don't know, but I'm kind of impressed with the ladies of this church. And as I count, I think there's more women here than there are men, aren't there? Isn't that true of almost every church? Huh? You know why? One of the reasons? Because a lot of Esau's and Ishmael's out there. And truthfully, truthfully, I don't like church. As Hank Orton. But I know as a believer in Jesus Christ, I need to be in church. And I thank, I want to thank Jim publicly. He never drags it out. You know, we're, we're getting we're coming up on. He never drags it out. He shares God's word. And he's the only man last week I had to say, that's a good message right out loud. I didn't, shouldn't have done it. And I really didn't mean to do it. It just happened. Folks, it's all about the promise that God is going to send someone someday to save us from our sins in Genesis 3.15. And one day, 2,000 years ago, he did send somebody to save us from our sins. And you know what? He saved Esau from his sins. He saved Ishmael from his sins. He even saved Judas from his sins, but Judas rejected The Bible says he is a propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to going to heaven. My sister says I try too hard to get there sometimes. You know, I have a lot of wrecks along the way. But I'm so looking forward to heaven. And I want to see men like Esau and Ishmael and C.S. Woods and Lee Wood and Lee Hill and the men that found Jesus and stood up for Jesus and are in heaven today. I can't say with absolute certainty that Esau is in heaven today. But I know this about Esau, and I'll, I'll just, I'll kind of close here. Esau was so upset with his brother Jacob. Jacob, Jacob really cheated him. He really stuck with him. Jacob was a, I don't want to live anywhere near Jacob in heaven, you know. He'd go off and live by himself somewhere. I don't live close to Esau and Ishmael and that bunch, you know. But I don't want them living too close to me either. I don't want some elbow room in heaven. Uh, we have to look forward to heaven because men and women are sinners and they need Jesus. And the Bible said there's no way to go to heaven apart from Jesus. And I, I have to say, you know, I mean, I know because one time I sat out there where you're at and the preacher yelled at me like that. It made me mad. And I couldn't wait. And one time I even got up and left right there in the middle of it, you know, because he made me mad. But folks, the truth of it is, we're all sinners. We're all Esau's and Ishmael's and, and, uh, and 
Read it. Read about Ishmael and his mother, Hagar. You know, boy, I, I, somebody told me I was a male showman one time. You know, and I think probably I am. I think I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing, but there's some women. I mean, I think when God made man, I think this is according to Hank. This isn't according to Scripture. But I think when God made man, He said I can do better than that, and He made a woman. I sometimes I've got some other things you probably wouldn't like if I said Jackie, but I want to encourage you to, to find Jesus if you haven't found him. I want to encourage you if, if you're not the kind of like the uh, old men, Jesus died for him too, ladies. It's like he died for you. Susie and I we're we're working on our Jubilee year right now, and I'll close with this. We're going to make 50 if we can hold out until June 10th, June 15th. Anyway, we're going to make 50. We're excited about it. God really gave me something special when he gave me Susie. Uh, for her 40-something year, we went to Alaska. I took her. I doubt, her dad made me promise I would take her fishing in Alaska. So he'd already gone to heaven, but I took her to Alaska. We fished. And we had a good time. But I wanted to make it count for Jesus, and so I... I didn't want to be offensive to anybody, but I said, I've got to talk to some people about Jesus when I get to Alaska. The gospel is offensive sometimes. It says it's a rock, but it's a rock that offends some people. And so I said, I'm going to just try to share Jesus in the most polite, uh, sweet way I can. And so, I'll share that with you this morning. If you're having a hard time right now with your life, you need to cry out and say, help me, Jesus. And he will. He promises. He will help. It may not be the way you think he should, but I guarantee it will be better than the way you want him to do it if you just wait on him. Help me, Jesus, if times are bad. And times will get good. And when times are good, say, thank you, Jesus. We need to be thankful. We need to be grateful for all this God has given us. And then I want to say this. From the bottom of my heart, sometime in your life, you and I and every man, woman, and child should say, save me, Jesus. Because he will. That's what's so amazing about the gospel. When we tell somebody about Jesus, we plant a seed. We may not get to see it blossom, but if we'll tell everybody we can in the least offensive way we can, that they need Jesus as their Savior, God will honor that and the people will find Jesus. Thank you, Jim, for keeping the gospel pure and sweet here at this church. And thank you, folks, for hanging on through all the hard times. And we're here in a good church to serve Jesus today. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for Ishmael, and thank you, Lord, for Esau. And thank you for the mamas that raised him, the daddies that raised him, and uh, that we're able to gather together today because we're godly men and women down through the ages. Thank you. Got a hug in.
Well, thank you, brother. I really appreciate that, and I really appreciate the message. And, you know, when you were talking, one of the things I thought about Esau was how much forgiveness did he have when he came and he saw his brother and he came running to him and hugged him? You know, and that, that says a lot right there. I mean, that says a lot about his heart. But thank you. Thank you for the message. Great. It is a great message. Thank you. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds and knowledge and love of God and of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Now let us go forth in the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you.